BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Welcome, everyone, to SI Media with Jimmy Trainer. Thank you so much for listening. Excellent show this week. Brian Curtis from The Ringer. He's one of our regulars. Get into a bunch of sports media topics with uh, Brian. The NBC coverage of Jets Chiefs, which I wrote about. Some of the insanity surrounding the Taylor Swift situation. Rodney Harrison's comments on Zach Wilson in the postgame show. Uh, NBA having a handful of games on ABC. A-Rod in the booth during the playoffs. Uh, the Deion Sanders Colorado bloom off the rose a little bit in terms of ratings. So a bunch of topics with Brian and then Salicata joins me as he does every week for our train of thoughts segment. A couple of things. I just want to apologize quickly and address it. Cause I got some tweets on it. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why last week I did not have my microphone plugged in. So the audio you got was coming through my computer and I got some tweets from people saying like, what happened to the audio? My fault, hundred percent on me. I had unplugged my mic to move around my desk, forgot to plug it back in. So if you didn't like the audio last week in the pod with Marshan, I apologize, but everything's good this week. So we're back. We're good. Don't worry about it. Um, Speaking of Marshan, before we get to this week's episode, if you missed any previous episodes, check them out in the archives. Andrew Marshan was on last week. Kevin Clark, two weeks ago, Scott Hansen was on recently, as well as Julian Edelman. And then next week, we'll have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman together on this podcast. So subscribe to SI Media with Jimmy Trainer if you are not a subscriber. All right, let's get to Brian Curtis of The Ringer, followed by Salicata and Trainer Thoughts, all right here, right now, on SI Media with Jimmy Trainer. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular, always 
an excellent conversation when he comes on from the ringer covers all things sports media also has the press box podcast brian curtis brian how's it going good jimmy how are you man i'm doing well uh you know once football starts everything is good i feel like it makes busy. our jobs much easier good and busy yeah I swear good every busy. Th every thursday night i have the new revelation like oh there's football on <laughs> whoa that was a quick week i the and then when they throw those London games on this on Sunday morning, that's always jarring to remember. You know, sometimes I don't remember that Saturdays and watch college football. It's not in my brain. I'm like, oh my god, I got that going on. So yeah, this week because we wake up here on the West Coast and it's like, oh my god, not only is a London game going on, I need to turn on the Disney Plus app to see yeah. the Toy Story broadcast as a responsible media critic. I'm not going to get into streaming issues right now. Maybe we'll save it for later. But there's, there's a couple of things that happen that in the streaming world. But um, let me start with this because I thought it was a big deal. And I'll, I want your take because your take is always good. What was your overall opinion of NBC's broadcast Sunday night of Chiefs Jets? I thought at the end of the day that they figured out the balance between Taylor and football. And I say this as somebody who is not averse at all to talk about Taylor Swift during a football game, because I grew up in the nineties and I remember Al and whoever his partner was at the time bringing like Christian Slater into the booth for a Monday night football game. And they would like do two segments. I remember Eminem and Brent Musburger. Yes. I mean, you know, like, is it a little awkward because let's just say with no disrespect that Chris Collinsworth is not the guy you want to talk about Taylor Swift and her relationships with? Maybe not. But, you know, to me, the NFL is about stardom and it's about showbiz as much as it is about football a lot of the time. So when the game got good, surprisingly good, Taylor became kind of a secondary topic. I don't know how many of those shots, the 17 shots of her in the owner's booth that they actually took at that point. Um, and I thought they sort of figured it out. I, I so I wrote a whole thing on Monday and I said that NBC embarrassed themselves. And what I wish I had been more clear about, which I probably wasn't, although I stand by that opinion, is that when I said they embarrassed themselves, I didn't mean only because of the Taylor Swift stuff. It was the totality of the broadcast, meaning, like you said, once the game got good, they they backed off Taylor a little bit, although 17 shots to her to me is ridiculous. But then Collinsworth, I, I still can't get over the things I was hearing from him in talking about Zach Wilson. And so I, what I wish I was cl more clear about was it was the totality of the broadcast that for me, I've always said this, anyone who listens to the podcast is my thing is this when judging announcers the first rule forget whether you're good or not the first rule is don't annoy me that telecast could not have been more annoying from the taylor swift stuff to collinsworth just flipping out over every throw zach wilson and then the game was over they scored 18 points any out of key fumble and you would have thought you saw one of the greatest quarterback performances in the history of the nfl if the so all the it was the entire broadcast for me that was rough to take. I thought the Zach Wilson stuff was just so overstated. And I, and I totally understand an announcer rooting for a good game. 
Because right. if you're sitting there and you're Chris Collinsworth and it's 17 nothing Chiefs and it looks like it's going to be a really long night and it looks like we're going to be, you know, replaying Carson Daly doing Taylor Swift puns uh, all night, I would be rooting for anything to happen. Right. But I just think every Zach Wilson throw has to be in the context of everything else we've seen from Zach Wilson in his entire career as a Jet. Right? I mean, yeah. but pretending that tonight he's suddenly become a great quarterback. And look, if he turns into Kenny O'Brien, I guess you and I can come on here and apologize right. to Chris Collinsworth. But then, of course, what happens? He fumbles a snap. He does the most Zach Wilson thing possible and basically loses the game for the Jets or guarantees the Jets aren't going to win the game. Well, that yeah, they scored 18 points and they lost. And his fumble was a key factor in that. And you would have never known any of that just by listening to Collinsworth. I mean, even, you know, your your guy over there at the ringer, Bill Simmons, I think his quote was like, you know, Chris Collinsworth is having a live orgasm for the entire game. Every throw, he was just so effusive. And it's like what like you said, every announcer see, I don't believe the stuff about broadcasters being biased. I don't believe that. I think I do think every broadcaster has biases in terms of they have relationships with these players. I don't think they're rooting for teams. They have relationships with agents. I mean, there are broadcasters who share the same agents as coaches, players. So there's a bias from that standpoint. I don't think announcers go into a game caring who wins. They want a close game. Yes. But he was the, the, the desire for Zach Wilson to not be a complete embarrassment, just completely went over the top it was i don't remember broadcast like that it was bizarre it, i thought it was bizarre actually you and i might talk a little bit about joe and troy here later but it was really jarring to watch that game that night and then to watch troy aikman on monday night football talking about danny dimes yeah. like one drive into the game and he's like you know he really needs to get rid of the ball faster he cannot hold the ball like this yeah and it was just a very very different approach I mean, just just a wildly different approach. And look, one guy had a decent game and one guy had like a pretty actively bad game. I think that's fair to say. But yeah. you could tell Aikman just right from the start is like, I'm not looking for the sunny side up version of right. this guy. I'm actually just going to describe what he's mm -hmm. doing. And if I have to be critical, that's OK. So it's funny because. During that giant Seahawks game, I had tweeted at some point that the gap between Aikman and the next best analyst in the sport is very, very wide. And the, what prompted me to tweet that was there was a play that the Seahawks had run where um, Geno Smith dropped back to pass. Running back Kenneth Walker was supposed to block. He missed his block and didn't do anything. They show the replay and Troy says, you know, they have Kenneth Walker in there to block. And then the video shows Kenneth Walker literally just not doing anything. And Troy goes, they have him in there to block, but he does nothing. He just does nothing. And I said, no one, no other analyst would say it that way. They would go, oh, well, he was trying to do this or, you know, he's trying to like Troy, just like the guy was supposed to block. He did nothing. And that's what prompted my tweet. And then I had a bunch of people saying, you know, well, Greg Olson, Greg Olson, Charles. Greg Olson is great. I have no issues with Greg Olson. Greg Olson will never bash a player or the ref and not even bash. Bash is the wrong word because that criticize Troy does Troy will criticize the refs more than anybody and he will when a player just totally screws up a play will say it whereas the other announcers bend over backwards trying to act like that's not what happened so that was what prompted that tweet from Troy which I'm glad you brought up because like you said to go from Collinsworth to Aikman those two nights was definitely jarring I have a theory about this actually two related theories which is 
One is that announcers should rarely say anything negative about quarterbacks anymore. Announcers who are not Aikman. And the second thing is, is that over the last 20 years, but especially the last 10 years, announcing in the NFL has gotten incredibly nice. It has gotten very, very, very nice compared to what I grew up with in the 80s and 90s. When the way you got famous in the NFL was by taking shots at players and being critical of guys you used to play with in the booth. You know, there was Bob Trumpy. There was John Madden, who was not somebody who was out headhunting, but John Madden could get turned off. You know, I still remember that game where Barry Switzer went for it in overtime against the Eagles. I can't believe that. I've never seen it like they ran the same play. You know, he was just so upset. Um, It has changed wildly. And what has really, I think, benefited Troy in this atmosphere is that Troy did not change. In the 20 years he's been in, and if anything, he got a little more critical and outspoken, and the rest of announcing completely changed. And now Troy, as you said, just seems like a totally different kind of announcer than just about everybody else who's in a, a NFL. Just to sort of put a bow on, on the Chiefs Jets, it, it would have been interesting to see what NBC would have done if that game did not get close. It, it, it was a... It was a competitive game for at least the second half, maybe, you know, middle of the second quarter on. And they still showed her 17 times. Who knows? You know, what What got me too was, and this is what I read, the, the game starts, they go to Melissa Stark, you get yeah. ready for this game, and her report is on Taylor Swift and Aaron Rodgers. They have nothing to do with the game. <laughs> yeah. The Aaron Rodgers thing was kind of newsy, right? Because she did say like he was going to rejoin the team permanently after week seven or whatever it right. was. Or the exact date she had. But I thought that was that, actually kind of interesting, but yeah, I don't know if I needed it right at the top though. When I'm, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. nitpicking on that one. Yeah, there were a lot of Aaron Rodgers booth shots, by the way, when the Jets started coming back. You're like, oh, let's go to the other guy, the other yeah, yeah. person sitting up there. Well, they had a good one when you know when Zach Wilson did mess up and and you know Rodgers was making faces yeah. in the booth, so that was good. Um, you know, talking about criticizing the players, that leads right into what happened after the game, which was the Rodney Harrison situation where he was interviewing Chris Jones of the Chiefs and he called Zach Wilson garbage. And then a lot of people took it as him trying to bait Chris Jones into bashing Zach Wilson. Chris Jones said Wilson was special. Rodney Harrison was like, don't give me that bullshit. And that became a big thing. What did you make of that situation? I was struck by the fact that when you say something on TV and talk about a player in a certain way, that you would hear guys like us talking about on any NFL podcast in the world, people rear up when it's on TV and go, oh, oh, he's calling him garbage like that. That's not that's not okay. That's not a nice way to talk about something. By the way, meanwhile, like any podcaster just talks about players like that all the time, especially players who are in the Zach Wilson zone. Sports talk radio. Sports talk radio. And it's just so funny that we have picked TV as what we think should be the last refuge of, you know, politeness. It's an interesting take. That's really, really interesting. Because my thought on it, too, was, I don't think he should call him garbage. If he would have said he's played like garbage, I'd actually have no issue with it. But he said right. he's garbage, which, and I know what he means there. I, I was also surprised so many people take Rodney Harrison seriously. The guy's a patriot, and he's talking about the Jets. So 
I'm not exactly like if that comment comes from, you know, Maria Taylor or um, no, that would have been something. Yeah, I, I can't get worked up over Rodney Harrison. But what I also found fascinating is, you know, we live in this time where so many people are all about hating, you know, is the culture is so soft. The culture is so soft. Participation trophies. Everyone's all bent out of shape about that. And then a guy gets called garbage. and people, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Rodney Harrison called Zach Wilson. How will we survive? How will we survive? I mean, NFL players bashing Rodney Harrison for that take. I mean, he should not call the person garbage, but the the blowback was like you would have thought Rodney Harrison burned down Zach Wilson's house. <laughs> when Micah Parsons getting involved in this on Twitter. Yeah. There I was, mean, I do think, I do think NFL players recognized something about that where you're being interviewed and the interviewer is putting words out there and sort of encouraging you or, you know, daring you to embrace those words. Yeah. And I think that's something they probably deal with every day in their locker. And it's like, just, okay, you said that. <laughs> I, well, I want it clear when you, when you quote me that you said that. So I wonder if there was a little bit of them recognizing that in that exchange. Chris Jones handled it perfectly. Oh, he could he not have handled it better. He was not going there. He was like, yeah. no, 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 no. He was, he, he sounded like Chris Collins. We're talking about Zach Wells. Well, he's getting better <laughs> every week. Well, that's what I actually gave Rodney Harrison again. I, I hated that he called Zach Wilson garbage, but I give him credit for pushing back when Chris Jones said he's special. Now, listen, I don't, I get it. Like Rodney Harrison shouldn't be trying to get into an argument there with Chris Jones, but I have that situation here in my podcast where like a guest will come on and they'll say like some show is great or some broadcaster is great. And I want to be like, no, it's not. But you know, you don't do that. You sort of let it go. But it's almost like if you don't do that, then like you're co-signing. Like if Chris Jones is rambling on that Zach Wilson special and Rodney Harrison just smiles away, then like people are gonna say, like, wait, you think he's I mean, can we not use the word special to describe a quarterback who's mediocre at best right now? It's it's <laughs> so I I in a way I give Rodney Harrison credit from that standpoint. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is, and this is, I don't, this sounds, this will be a little bit of a defensive consequence than other guys, but I think what's happened to a lot of people who in the social media era have been critical on TV, especially during a game, I think opinion shows, that's just kind of a different deal because that's where it's expected. Right. But right. when you venture out and are critical, there is a lot of blowback, especially from oh, the yeah. fans. And you just get a lot of, you, you're swimming in dangerous waters. Well, you you, you hit the nail on the head. It was on TV, and it happened sort of during a ta- game tele- post game, but still a game telecast. And I guess that's what got people all bent out of shape. Yeah, yeah. So I just think I think that's why you know when you see people that are that are more positive now and, and are yeah. doing like let's celebrate the players, let's look look for the right. you know the upside of the quarterback who hasn't played well. That's why they do it because well, also social media is loud and annoying, and they're like, I don't want to deal right. with this. And you never see a relatively current, is it, wait, not, how am I, not relatively current, but like a former player who is not that far out of the game criticize players. That just never happened. Yeah, you may have like, you know, 500-year-old Terry Bradshaw criticize some of the players today, but the players who leave the game and go right into the booth are not criticizing the players that they played with. So for Rodney Harrison to do it, it was just so shocking. Yeah, very rare, very rarely. And even Rodney's, you know, still got a few years removed now from the NFL. Right, right. Um, the one thing I wanted to say about the Taylor Swift stuff, I mean, it, it's 
to me, it's mind-boggling to see so many people completely lose their minds in terms of dealing with this whole thing. The, uh, the amount of people who think she's in on a publicity stunt to promote her movie, all you have to do is Google search her movie. And in September, the first week of September, the tickets were sold out, the ticket sales set records, biggest opening box office before. Like, all you have to do is just do one simple Google search and then you won't sound like a complete buffoon. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's the thing. She doesn't she doesn't need the NFL. She doesn't need Sunday night she football. Did people perfect. not see what she did on the Eras tour? Every every stadium, every ticket sold out. What publicity does she need? I was saying this on my podcast today, but what amazed me about the Eras tour was just looking at my Twitter feed, every sports writer I know, probably present company excluded, was at the Eras tour. Yeah. I thought as collectively, we had decided that Jason Isbell was the official singer-songwriter, sports writer. In fact, we decided Taylor Swift was the official singer-songwriter. Like all these athletic people, people at the ringer. And people think she needs publicity. Yeah, right. Sure. Well, she may need publicity from this man. I'll give you the, I don't know if you saw this. It sort of, I thought it sort of flew under the radar, though. It's not really in the sports world. But to me, the single greatest thing I've seen about this entire saga is that NBC's Steve Kornacki did not know who she was until last week. What? Yes. Is that real? I didn't see that. that. He didn't know if she was a singer or an actress. He didn't know what she did. <laughs> well, she wasn't You cast. can Google Steve Kornacki, Taylor Swift, and it'll come right up. Ooh. Like his MSNBC coworkers had to explain who he was to her. That's who a, she was to him, I mean. I did. I kind of regretted that this controversy if that's really what the taylor swift thing is didn't happen in the 90s when we had crusty newspaper columnists still planning <laughs> the barricades right right that would have been a great some great yeah. hate reads there you just well now there's like people be like this taylor swift came on. where's bruce springsteen yeah well now it's flipped now there's like backlash to the people bashing taylor not bashing the taylor swift coverage those are the, you know that that's when i that's when i peace out of this whole deal yeah um and then the NFL Instagram. Yeah, We're getting worked up about Instagram, really? It's show business. One thing I like about this business is it's show business. Like, that's that's fun to me about the NFL. And when people yeah. are like, well, you know, if we Tom Brady replaces Greg Olson, we're going to lose a lot of nerdy football takes. I'm like, who cares, man? I mean, I like Greg Olson. He's great. But, like, Tom Brady's one of the most famous people on earth. You don't want to see him on yeah. television? You don't want to give that a test drive? To see if he's good at announcing, I do. I what what bums me out. Like I agree, it is entertainment, and there's times where I'm abused by it, and there's times I get bummed out about it. And what bums me out about it is I just hate that we live in this time now, where every single thing, sports and non-sports, is a conspiracy theory. Like nothing is just what. Like the NFL is fixing the games so the Chiefs win, and then they're actually. Not even trying to hide it because on their Instagram they said the Chiefs are two and zero is fifty. Like, do, you, do do people just not think? I mean, not everything is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, the NFL is the most popular live programming in America. Right. Taylor Swift is the most popular person on planet Earth, as far as I can tell. Right. It's fine. They don't, there's no need for a conspiracy. Everybody, everybody's doing great. Right. Travis Kelsey wanted to date Taylor Swift. That's it. Period. End of sentence. Like, move on. Like, that's it. There's no, like, Roger Goodell's in his office with, you know, Andy Reid trying to, it's just ridiculous. And then the Instagram. Um, I wrote about this on, on Tuesday. 
you know, after four weeks of the NFL season, that's sort of when you get a little feel for who's good, who's not good. Things can obviously one or two teams that are bad now will turn around, but the primetime schedule for the NFL the rest of the season, man, it's rough. You have a couple of big Cowboys. Cowboys Eagles is a, is a game that's left on the slate. That'll be um, big. Cowboys that'll Niners be big. this Sunday. Cowboys Niners, right? And then you also have a Chiefs Eagles game. But you have, as of now, before flex. The Broncos are on primetime four more times. The Bears are on primetime four more times. The Jets three times. The the Raiders three times. I read a whole thing. I wrote a thing before the season. I actually got into this with, with the NFL schedule maker, Mike North, who was on. They put the NFL puts the Raiders on primetime like five times a year. The team always stinks. They've had like two winning seasons out of the last 20. I don't understand it. But I think you're going to see more flex this season than ever before based on what the rest of the schedule looks like. That's a little weird, right? Because now we have three quote unquote primetime games. Right. And we have an agreement that Sunday night football should be a really big game. And we increasingly have an agreement, at least most of the time that Monday night should fe- should be a big game. Certainly feel like a good game. And then we got, but then we got Thursday night and then we got the right. two networks with the Sunday windows. And the thing about it is every time they create one of these things, there's not enough good games. Right. There's just not. There's right. more interesting games. And now that you and I have four weeks of, you know, of NFL results in, we could be like, eh, actually, that's more fun. That Ravens game that you didn't put up there, right? Or whatever it is. Or the Bucks kind of weirdly fun through four weeks. But there's just not enough good games. There's just really not. And so you're trying to, like, keep all these network partners happy. And then you're trying to get Amazon happy. And... I mean, the Bears, though, like, did anybody think the Bears were going to be good? I don't I mean, I, I get the market. Like an yeah. interesting idea, <laughs> you know, even if, even if the Aaron Rod- if they had Aaron Rodgers and they were like two and two now, that would at least be fun. Right. 100%. Now it's not fun at all. The NFL got screwed with, with the Rodgers injury. There's no doubt about it. But they really loaded up on the Broncos because of Sean Payton. Why? Didn't we learn right. this lesson the hard way last year? Exactly. And they loaded up on the Bears for, I guess, because of the market is Chicago. But, you know, I also think not enough good games and maybe not enough good teams. I mean, you have the Eagles, Cowboys, Niners in the NFC. You have the Bills, Dolphins, the Chiefs. After those six, I mean, okay, you want to throw in the Chargers maybe, the Ravens. But it's the, the bad teams are just featured. So the Raiders three times, I mean... I, I'm going to be interested to see because Flex now is here on Thursday night for the first time. They're only allowed to use it twice. But there's like a Vikings-Broncos game late in the season. And then, okay. then there's a Bears-Vikings there's a Bears Vikings game. And I think there's a Bears-Panthers game. So yeah. I would I would get ready to see a lot of Flex. The, the Vikings up. are the perfect team to give to somebody that you're trying to give a kind of good game to. Kind of an interesting game. Yeah. but yeah i would i would think you i mean look there's i mean if you could even on thursday night if you can just get like the second most interesting noon game you know flex into that that's an improvement over the bears absolutely yeah absolutely going to college football for a second i saw colorado their game against usc on sunday was seven million viewers which is a great great number for a regular season college football game but down big from what they had done the previous couple of weeks with 10 million and 9.3 million is this just like okay 
seen it, done it. They're really not a good team. Or is there something more going on here? What do you make of the big drop from like 10 million to 7 million for Dion and the Buffaloes? It was a really fascinating story because it was one of those things that really did punch through into pop culture in a way that very few basic sports stories and especially college football stories do. Like I know my, my, I'm always interested in my mother-in-law who's not all sports, but watches like GMA and stuff like that. Like she knows about coach prime, right? You know, that, that entered her world. That was very different and distinct from my world. Um, so like I was, I, you know, and I think at some point the novelty wears off a little bit because you got to think those early Colorado games are being filled with viewers who are interested in coach prime probably don't really watch all that much college football and are just interested in this because it's a novelty and it's cool and it's fun. And it definitely was all of those things. And then, as you say, when they lose one game, a blowout against Oregon and then lose the second game, which is actually a fun game at the end against SC because they almost came right. back. Um, the novelty wears off a little bit. Now I would, I would say that like 7 million for a Colorado, <laughs> Colorado football yeah. game is on the wildest dreams of just about anybody before Dion arrived on campus. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think, by the way, my interest in watching that is a college football fan who's watching a bunch of stuff on Saturday uh, around my Texas Longhorns, like it's probably tapped out a little bit now, you know, they, they yeah. play, they'll play more interesting games down the, down the toward the end of the season, the Pac-12 that I'll come back for at least like check out. But in terms of having that as like, yeah. this needs to kind of be on the whole time. I'm probably I probably just left that zone. Yeah, I, I think they're hurt by them just not being good. I mean, <clears throat> when I say not being good, I mean they're three and two. So if you're ESPN or Fox, they're five and zero. Oh, you can sort of, you know, make it Mardi Gras and New Year's Eve rolled into one when you when you're airing them. They're three and two. They're not in the top twenty five. I, I mean, Fox will still act like it's a big deal, but yeah, and they don't have the just player. not. They don't have their best player, who himself is a fantastic story playing both ways. Right. right. So yeah, I mean Fox. Let's 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 recognize Fox squeezed this lemon. Want to pick a fruit here for whatever <laughs> the analogy for every ounce it had. Yeah. I mean, big noon kickoff just was in Boulder and got didn't leave for like a month. Right. Um, you know, they sent there. That was, that was so funny when I saw this Dion post game press conference. And he was talking about people who doubted the program. So it's like, I don't know. Like it seems like. Fox's number one crew has been here basically every week that they rights to right. the game since the TCU game. Like they love Colorado. They want Colorado to be good. Trust me. I did not watch the Colorado USC game because I was out, but I did see, I guess awful announcing did it. And I saw it somewhere else where I guess Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt were getting beat up pretty good because they just were clearly rooting for Colorado the entire time. Did you get a feel of that when you watched it? I didn't watch enough of it okay. to, to have a pronouncement on that either way. But I would yeah. just say for, for um, Fox's sake, SC being really good is also great. <laughs> you know? yeah. And for college football's sake, SC being an awesome team like they kind of nearly were last year, that's awesome. That's awesome too. So I, I think if the baton was handed from Dion to Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, then great yeah that's good too for everybody yeah I, I, viewers seem to think you know i, I mean I, I i didn't see the game but obviously fox is rooting for colorado i mean they've made that clear so i don't know why that would surprise anyone 
And again, it's just like, I mean, there's things in sports, right, that you can plan out in advance. We know Cowboys 49ers is going to be an awesome Sunday night game before the, yep. it starts. And even if the Cowboys, right, were two and two, it would still be a pretty big and really fun game. But then Colorado just kind of drops into your lap. And then they beat TCU in that opening week. And it's like, if you're smart and you work in a network, you're like, we are, we are in on this. We are in on this until it ends. And that and then we are going to grab this. And that's exactly what Fox and ESPN to a lesser extent have done. <clears throat> a couple of more things here. I saw that this gets into the streaming thing, which we've talked about so much, but I, I chuckled when I saw that the NBA now is going to put some games on ABC on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just fascinating to me where we're living now in a time where everything is about streaming and things going back to broadcast. And like, it feels like the cable is the one that's getting sort of screwed from both ends, yet no one's cable bill is going down one penny. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it's so funny as someone who grew up with broadcast television and that being where the big games were, including yep. professional basketball with CBS and NBC before it went over to ESPN ABC. Um, and it's been now funny to see everything migrate back there because it still commands this huge television audience. You know, like they were, they're left for dead and they are going to die. We all know that. And people don't watch sitcoms and all that stuff as much anymore, but as a place to stick games, especially by the way, when you have a writer strike that just ended and an actor strike that's still going on and you don't have that flow of shows, you're like, yeah. And you're right. Then all of a sudden cable, which is a terrible deal, becomes a worse deal. Right. No, oh, wait, I don't have the games that I had. I need ESPN. I needed ESPN to watch. Yeah. Oh, or Turner, whatever. Like, oh, okay. Well, that sucks because I'm paying through the notes for this. And I saw, I guess, um, the Big Ten is putting a bunch of games on Peacock. Oh, that's what it was. I think Ohio State, they have a football game on Peacock, and the Ohio State fans were all pissed off. I don't know how people don't know that this is coming, like, by now. Like, this is what's going on. Yeah, and I was, you know, I'm I'm one of these people. First of all, this happened with Notre Dame. Was that two years ago now? They yeah. Won and everybody lost their minds because it was on Peacock. And it was against like Central Michigan. It wasn't like a real game. Yeah, and I'm also just like, you really couldn't figure this out. Like, if, yeah, you have you have it. You you can figure this out like in ten minutes if you really want to watch this game, and it will cost you a very very tiny amount of money. I have no sympathy for this because I went to college during the '90s, during the late '90s, and you know what? University of Texas, there would be like one game every every year that was on pay-per-view yes and I'm it was like kidding. and wasn't it like 50 bucks to buy yes, it it was expensive i mean at least yeah. 30 and probably more than maybe 39.99 remember when yeah. that was like the 90s pay-per-view wwe price yep. Yep. and it was like and it was against new mexico state and i'm like oh my <laughs> gosh i'm have 40 bucks to watch new mexico state yep and that yep. was terrible and it's yep. so much easier to be like i can pick up my phone and watch this for five bucks or seven bucks or whatever it is even if i and watch by the way, speaking of WWF, like tons of other pay-per-views or whatever I want to watch. Like, seriously? Yeah. I mean, that to me seems like just such a small, a yeah. small. There was something else with streaming that I saw that was... And it's so much easier to get. We should also add, Jimmy, I just, again, like, I understand. We are at this weird spot where you have to have some form of cable streaming, and then you have to have all these things, and everything's spread out. And it can be weird and annoying and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, I remember the battle days when stuff just wasn't on TV. Right. Right. It wasn't on TV. And if I get in my car, I listen, I can listen to everything on Sirius, like every freaking game. You know, it's like, oh, I have to go run an errand real quick. 
boom, here's the not only the Cowboys game, but the Cowboys local broadcast that I yeah. want to listen to. Like, that rules. Yeah. I will say, I don't get to listen to NFL games much because I'm always watching them, but, you know, one or two times a year, like, you're in the car. I used to think that the local baseball announcers were, like, the biggest over-the-top homers. <laughs> local baseball announcers are Bob Costas and Vin Scully compared to local NFL. I mean, you, the, 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 the commanders, those guys, the Eagles, the <laughs> local... I, I wish I could experience it more, but I can't because I'm watching the games. But it's a trip to hear some of these local NFL broadcasts. They are absolutely out of their minds insane. I heard the commanders one, and it might have been a couple years ago now. And I was struck not only at the tone of it, but how many people were talking. Yes. It yes. was like a network pregame show where it seemed to be yes. a cast of thousands calling the game. Yes. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier with Rodney Harrison, the way you, you, you said, you know, he spoke the way people on podcast speak. I mean, you want to hear broadcasters rip refs? Listen to a local NFL game on the radio. They go nuts on the refs. I know. It's, it's really, great. really funny. Like, I just, yeah. I love it because it just sounds so different. You know, you and I are watching Joe Buck and yeah. Kevin, Kevin, you know, Kevin Harlan and Kevin Burkhardt, all those guys call so many games. I know Kevin's on the, Harlan's on the radio yeah. But like, then you listen to that, it's like, wow, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I re weird. remember last season, there was that crazy, crazy Bills-Vikings game. And the, yeah. the Vikings play-by-play -play guy, Paul Allen, went viral for having such a great over-the-top call. Now, he was beside himself in, in the win. You got to hear these guys when their team's losing. I mean, losing it is much start. Yeah. To start sometimes it's, it's even more intense. You know, yeah. sometimes they just get quiet like really, really quiet. And you can tell they're really pissed off. Yeah. Like genuinely like sad and angry. Oh, yeah. Loses. Which again is so interesting because you're so used to like the NFL announcers on TV just not having feelings. Like they, yeah. that's not their job except to be kind of excited by a good performance. I, if you want to laugh on a Sunday afternoon, put on any local NFL game on the radio and you will laugh at how crazy these, these broadcasters are. Awesome. Um I, I just I need to ask someone for my own personal uh -oh. well-being here, but like, why does ESPN think anyone wants a Rod doing a playoff game? Oh my god! I just think we're haven't we just gone past the a Rod era of sports television? And then Bob I can like, let's let, let's lock this guy up. I was like, what? But like, what is the like? I would love to know the thought. Pro is it just because he's a name? He's got that name that everybody knows that name because. I would love to hear the reasoning. He's been fascinating because he came on right after his Yankees career. His public image could not have been at that point more tarnished, whatever you want to call it, whatever you think about PEDs. And then he comes on and he's, everybody likes him in the Fox studio. But then it was like the more people saw of him, you know, whether it was Sunday Night Baseball and then the, thing with michael k it's like people just are just like i'm i don't want this anymore i'm or this is this is too much a rod right he's not fun. good he's also that's not what, good. that's what i mean it was like he yeah. was in a limited role like it was like okay cool i right. also saw he's starting a business of sports podcast the other day did that get into your inbox i i did get that in my inbox yes i deleted it quickly <laughs> hmm, okay interesting I, I, you know you probably have this even where i mean there can be a podcast just on our inboxes. But can you believe some of the shit that comes in 
<laughs> I think this would be a perfect fit for your podcast. I'm like, I don't think you have listened to my podcast, Mister PR Person. And also, like, I write a column every day, and you, and you're sending me emails like, "Do I want to interview the star of like a Disney Plus kid show?" I'm like, "What? What? What?" what? Yeah, I get a lot of new albums. It's like you know, singer songwriter so and so. Like, yeah. Or yeah, I actually the other Ringer podcast. That's my favorite. Would you like to? We thought the the watch would be interested in this. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's 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 something else. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. I, this is the last thing I wanted to ask you because I'm just curious as your take as a podcaster. Do you ever get discouraged by the competition and how many? And I don't mean among media pods, just the sheer amount of pods. I remember, I think there was a point in the summer where it was like, you know, this person's coming out with, and this person's coming out with pod, and this person, you know, JJ Watt was going to talk about it. And it's like, and you're just like, it's just so fractured at this point. And, you know, radio shows, they put, they turn their shows into podcasts. And it's just, I get sort of discouraged by just the competition of it from just the sheer amount. Like, it's like, why are people going to listen to this one? Why, you know, you have to make them, but I, I, I can't get over how there's no slowdown in the creation of new podcasts. It's really overwhelming. And it makes me think all the time, what is it that we really want at a podcast? You know, because when you have guests, a lot of the time, to me, it's like, if it's special and it's interesting and it's like, our, it's either a great conversation or it's just like really feels special and different because otherwise it's like, there's just so many podcast guests in the world. You right. Know? Right. And I like, always hear a lot of too, like, you know, put more of yourself into it or like talk about you. And I'm like, okay, but why, why would it, there's 5 billion podcasts. Well, I don't, to me, that's not going to make come, someone come in and stay in. I think it's a good conversation and interview, but I don't know. Sometimes a relationship just, between the hosts, right. You know, that kind of thing where you're tuning in. It's like sports radio, right. right. A lot of times, I don't care what they're, if I like a show, I don't really care what they're talking about all that much. I just want to hear them talk. I want to hear the relationship right. to people on the air. Right. Yes. I, I but I agree. It, it, there's an unbelievable amount of number of podcasts in the world. It, it is yeah. really, it is, it is, it's staggering. And I just try to, you know, and I'm always used to be the, like I had a stack of books that I really wanted to read and I would never get around to reading, which also yeah. still exists in my life. But now it's also a bunch of podcasts that I downloaded yeah. and I didn't get around to listening to. Yep. Cause it's just, that's the new, that's the new, you know, mild shame that I, I, I always want to listen to. The old mild shame was I didn't read my friend's book. The new mild shame is I didn't listen to my friend's podcast. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, everyone hopefully will listen to the press box and SI media. Our podcast accepted, of course, which are much must yeah. listen week. Yes. As long as they listen Here's to the podcast, the, the press box via the ringer and Spotify and SI media with Jimmy trainer, everything is good in the world. Brian, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Be well. Yeah, you got it, Jimmy. Always. All fun. right, take care. Thanks. All right, joining me now, as he does every week, for our train of thoughts segment from WFAN Radio in New York, SNY TV in New York, my buddy Sal Akata, futzing around with his phone. There he Sorry. is. Sal, how are you? Good. I'm uh, pretty good. How are how, how was your Sunday with no NFL football while you went house hunting? It was different for sure. I didn't have, and now remember too, not only did I miss the games, I missed my Falcons game early on. I just don't care as much anymore, but even that bothered me a little bit. 
not you know, it would have been nice to wake up at 9 a.m. and have that game on. But it wasn't as bad as you would think. I didn't pay any attention to the I checked the phone a little bit. Other than that, though, I was not really like locked in as, as you would normally be. And you were home for the Sunday night game with the Chiefs and uh, the Jets. I well, I would say we were done with the house hunting at like two <sighs> thirty. I put in the GPS to go home. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll make the four twenty-five. Two and a half hours. Like, People around the country it. don't understand this. Long Island, it it needs to be like torn down and then rebuilt because it's just you can't go anywhere. You cannot go. I anywhere. Look, I, I love Long Island. I mean, I grew up there. It's all that I know. But yeah, I'm it, starting to since hate the it. pandemic. It's been a, a fucking disaster. There's no other way to, but the traffic is an absolute, no matter what, there used to be good times to leave. Now there is not. Anytime right. you leave and you go somewhere, you are costing yourself hours, potentially yep. three hours at a time. Yep. Yep. It's horrific. It's horrific. Yeah. Did Now, so you got home in time for the Chiefs Jets. Yes. Did Patrick Mahomes' slide cost you in any way, shape or form? No, I had the Jets plus eight and a half, so it actually helped me. Oh, so you love Patrick that. Mahomes. Right, right. We deserve that cover, Jeff. If you ever back the Jets there, Jets played well in that game, close enough, obviously, you know, throughout, but I needed them to slide down. That would hurt me. Well, it's the right play. Right. It's the 100% right play. Can't argue with it in any way, shape, or form. But I, I've just, I've lost, maybe it's because like with the Taylor Swift anarchy and everything, I've lost patience for the nonsense. Like, this week was bad. Like, I've run out. Like, I wanted to kill people on social media. Patrick Mahomes makes $450 million. There is not a bookie in America who can have him fix a game. The stupidity of people. Like, I had, I don't want to say the guy's name. I had this guy in his Twitter bio. It says that, like, he calls games for ESPN3, like college football saying, how come you didn't write about Patrick Mahomes tanking? He makes $450 million. You think there's a bookie that's going to say, hey, Patrick, we'll give you $5,000 to not cover. Like, I don't understand how we've gotten to the point where everybody is so stupid in this world. And how was that tanking when he made the right play to win the game? Because he didn't cover the spread by going in the end zone. Right, but if he, if he made the wrong play, then I could understand that. He made the right play for his team to win the game. He's not worried about the point spread. Because there are people who are stupid and don't understand football and think you're supposed to score there. I saw yeah. someone else tweet like, yeah, he made the right play, but scoring there is also the right play. No, it's not. No, scoring there gives the other team another chance. Whether it's one percentage or not, it gives them a chance. Not scoring there does not. The game is My over. patience has run out for people who have no common sense. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't even really think. I knew there was going to be fuss about it. I did not pay attention to it. So I didn't even think it was a big deal. It, you know, idiots. You know what <laughs> I wanted to ask you? <laughs> when you're betting on an NFL Sunday mm -hmm. and someone texts you, it could be even me even, about not even necessarily like saying about your bet, but just texting you about the games, maybe a game you have. Do you get annoyed and want to be left alone during that time. It, it does, like I'll give you an example. I had a, an investment Sunday on the Miami Dolphins over 26 and a half points. That was my bet in okay. that game. They had 14 points in like five minutes of the first quarter. So you're thinking, all right, this is going to be 
I'm ready yeah, to you mark it. it off on your little paper. Yeah. Now, I never check off that early. I would never check off in the first quarter. Okay. So then they finished, you know, they, you know, Mike McDaniel will never kick a field goal. They had so many opportunities to kick field goals. They're going for it on fourth downs. They're getting <laughs> stuffed left and right. And like in the middle of that, my, my best friend who's a Bills fan texts me, I hope you loaded up on the Bills. Oh, I wanted God. to be like, you know what? I would like to load my fist into your face. How about we start with that? <laughs> Don't text me about games when I have wagers. I will say that in general, I do not want to be bothered about it. There are a few people, especially if you're on the same side, like with you, I don't have an issue with it. Although, if we were in in opposition, then it's a different story. If you if you text me without knowing and you're like, oh, I love the fucking Packers here. Well, you know, I'm not talking I'm, about even, like, but before the Jet game, I text you and I said, I have a funny, funny feeling about the Jets. Yes. Of course, I didn't bet the Jets, but what a dope. But that's different than like, if I don't know your bet and I text you like, oh, look at the Jets covering and you have this cheat. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not, we do like, you and I will do like pregame analysis. Who do you like with this, this? During the no, game. We, the, text, we text during games and there are times, there have been times where you've texted about a bet that you may have had right. that was going well for you. And I was like, fucking, yeah. Like I was on the other <laughs> <laughs> you, you really have to be careful with the text during the games when there's wages involved. You just don't know. I yeah. know. Right? You know. Yeah. Exactly. Generally, what I would do, right? So it probably happens the other way too. I'll text you and venting about it instead of going to Twitter. But like, these fucking guys can't right. score the, can't move right. the ball, and then maybe right. you have, you know, I don't know what bet you have. Right. But. Right. <laughs> oh, it drives me nuts. Ch- like. Know what my bets are before you text me. That's that's what I want right. on Sundays. All right. But yeah. Um it makes me sad to say this because you and I are two of the few people left to really enjoy baseball, but I, I feel like the playoffs, like nobody cares. It's so sad. Like no coverage, nobody cares, nobody talks about it. I don't know, maybe I'm in a I need to pay closer attention, but maybe, you know, the New York teams aren't in it. So like, you know, we don't have that going for us here in New York, but I feel like they started yesterday and it was like, it was like, you know, the middle, it was like, you know, a regular season game in the middle of July. So let me ask you, if they started on a Saturday, would it be different? I do think it hurts them that they end on a Sunday and that the playoffs get set up on a Sunday. like ideally, the way that I'd like to watch it, and I'm with you. I first of all, the no, no New York team, so I'm already disinterested. I, I haven't cared about baseball in two months because both the Yankees and Mets have been dead for a while. But I do love baseball, and I love baseball postseason. However, I'm not into this at all. The matchups aren't any good, and plus, like it's Tuesday. I, I'm fucking working. Like if this were Saturday or a Sunday, and I knew you were going to have a one o'clock, a three o'clock, a five o'clock, a seven o'clock. You sit down like an animal and you watch these games and you bet on the games and then maybe that's how you get into it. See, I liked it during the week. During the day. I was pissed. I liked when they did 1, 4, 7, and 10. Now, yesterday it was 3, 4, 30, 7, and 8 or something like that. I liked right. it the other way better. But I like the game. I work from home, so I like the games during the day, during the week. What I, what I feel, what where I think, ba- now baseball, I do think baseball doesn't, they shouldn't have to think about competing with the NFL. You can't compete with the NFL no matter what you do. Right now we're in NFL season, the NFL, but I do think having the last day on a Sunday. So if there are pennant races, no one's tuning in. 
Right. I didn't know the matchups for the playoffs until like Monday night. Right. Because I'm just not paying attention on Sunday or even Monday morning. I'm not paying. I Like, I didn't know. So I like the fact, like, yeah, I mean, I actually don't care if the Yankees aren't in it this year because they're an embarrassment in the playoffs every year. So I don't need to go mm-hmm. through that to then watch them lose. But I like having the new, like, I think it's great that the Marlins are in there. I love the story with the Twins. You're not going to agree with this because you're a Met fan, but the scene in Philly is tremendous for these playoff games. So. Right. I don't. I can get into any matchup in MLB postseason. I, I I like it. I watch the games on the. You know, it started Tuesday. I watch the games. So you're but into I, it. Yeah, but I feel like nobody else is. Yeah, and even me, I'm not. I want to be. My thing though, I think it's more schedule. If it were on a day where I'm off, and I'm look, I'm going to try to make a point to watch it. I just, I don't know. Maybe it is the matchups as well. These matchups suck. Like, come on. Yeah, it's nice to see the Marlins in it, but what do you think is going to happen in that game, Marlins Phillies? Rangers, Rays doesn't do it for me. Orioles will be different when the Orioles play Braves, Dodgers, Astros, you know, the better teams next round, maybe more into it. These matchups, it's watered down with teams that shouldn't be playoff teams. I disagree. Philly, yes. You think the Marlins are good? They got in. That's all. It doesn't matter if you're good. It, the Twins. Hit, I mean, the Twins finally won. The Twins are good. For- the Twins are good, actually. The Twins are good. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're good. What the MLB postseason is, is you get hot at the right time. That's yeah. what the postseason is all about. I guess. So. I don't know. I'm just not into it yet. And from watching the games on Tuesday, the opening day of the playoffs, you love the pitch clock even more than during. Like it, these, I remember baseball playoffs used to just drag mm. and drag. It, the pitch clock in the postseason is even more beautiful than it was in the regular season. The games are so much more digestible. Yeah, understood. They probably should shave another fifteen twenty minutes off. Well, it's 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 worked out well. I I can't speak to it in the postseason because I literally did not watch a second of the games yesterday. So, right, yeah, I'm out on that. But I do like the fact that it's been sped up overall. What took them so long? That's what I don't understand. This should have been done so many years ago. It's crazy. I saw a headline today on awful announcing that it made me think of you and it gave me a chuckle. The headline was, the NFL and pretty much everyone else has abandoned threads. Remember mm-hmm. for like three days? It made, because you, you, I found out about threads from you who texted me. What's threads? Are you on thread? Whatever you texted me. I just think it's hysterical now that I have not heard of. Until that headline from Awful Announcing, I can't remember the last time I saw or heard the word threads. Yeah, it was supposed to be the answer to Twitter or X, whatever you want to say. And I guess it's not. Uh, clearly. Yeah. Well, so much for people saying Twitter, the end of Twitter and the demise yeah. and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Not going right. anywhere. People, people can complain about Twitter. And we do. All they want. Like it's horrible on every level, but we're in it till the plug gets pulled. That's the yeah. bottom line. And do you think Even, that it will ever get pulled or no? I think it can because Elon Musk is just such a weirdo. Like he, you know, he he's supposedly he's going to make everyone pay now to use it. Right, and I think for us we're going to have to. Oh, I, yeah. See, but that's I will pay for that because right. you're paying for a service. You're paying to be able to use it. The whole thing with the Paying to get verified, I never understood because you're not paying for anything. 
Right. Like, there's nothing you can do. Excuse me. There's nothing you can't do if you're not verified. No, but it does make you more visible, right? If you do it. Not I don't want to be more mark. visible. I, I pl- no, I'd no. rather be less visible at this point. Uh, I agreed, but then you're also, I understand that, but from a business perspective, your tweets would be more visible, promoted more. Yeah, I, I don't the, need the it. You, I'll pass. Yeah. Well, if it led to more money, you you want to do it. If you could monetize no, I, it somehow. I wish I could do it where the, o- the only people who like me see my tweets. That would be. I don't nice want. Filter. I don't even. I don't need strangers who don't even know me. Like that's what I don't understand. Is like, well, because like Monday I wrote this thing about NBC embarrassed itself with its coverage of the Jets Chiefs game. So I thought I thought it was a great column, by the way. Thank you. So a lot of people read that column, mm-hmm. and then I get like reaction from people who've never read my column before, who don't know who I am. Those are the those people. This is a what test. A test of the situation? national. How do I shut this off? This is unbelievable. I can't shut it off. <laughs> Are you getting this too? Oh, Could you, yeah. You're getting it too? Play it into the microphone so people can hear it. They heard mine. My phone's what? going nuts. Yeah. This uh, is a test of the National uh, well, Wireless Emergency Alert System. No, it was a test. And now people on Twitter are tweeting about that this. Was I, well, was I like that it came on the podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> You got it too. Live action right there. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Emergency alert system? Yeah. Wow. You got me okay? We're good. Well, we're like back. a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, no, we never left. I like that it was on. Wednesday at two o'clock. That's a good time for national alert. Better than on a Sunday. Imagine if they did that during an NFL game, right? When you know now every single tweet is about this yeah. on Twitter. Um where were we though? We were talking about Twitter. Right, know. paying for it. Oh, yeah, I'll pay for Twitter because at least I'm paying for something. Right. I'll be curious to know how much it costs. Well, whatever. If we're in the business, you might have to. All right. Pay so for then, all right. Order. So then, let's go here. Eight dollars a month to tweet. Are you paying? I don't want to. And I actually had this conversation oh. with one of my bosses. He said, "You're an idiot if you don't pay for it." He I'm said, asking for you. What we do for what we do. You are stupid if you're not paying for the service. You mean even now? now? Even now, he said that. Yeah. For what and reason? I trust him with this stuff. It makes you more visible. Okay. You, could, oh, you know, yeah, you, you want to have your tweets. Oh, I'm just saying. You, you asked me what reason. Those are the things. You. Should, oh, that's you what I was like, saying. Why do you want it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll pay a service. I'll pay for a service on Twitter where only people who like me can see my tweets. You were talking about your column that you wrote right. your column. And you right. Got- so then I get people who don't know anything about what I write tweeting me and they're stupid and I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> By the way, I thought NBC had a great open on Thursday night. Oh, oh yeah, that's night. right. I'm, I meant to write. Right. Sal was in the open. <laughs> Sal was I in the open. Even- I didn't know about it because I wasn't watching it live, unfortunately. And my phone blew up and I was like, oh, shit, what do I do now? And <laughs> then, then some, I thought I got in trouble for something. And then somebody sent me the video and I was like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. They used one of my clips from the radio show. But wait a second. Does, did nobody from WFAN know about that? Don't they have to clear that video with FAN? Hey, I don't think they got permission. They probably took that off of Twitter. Oh, Interesting. Well, it was only like two seconds, so maybe because it was so short, they didn't need to get the permission. 
Yeah, fan. Well, the, the people that I showed a fan were like, "Oh, I wish they would have said something. We would have sent them a clean version because I think the one they used had like subtitles in it, whatever." But they must yeah, have you look it. like crap in it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I'm saying it was all grainy. It wasn't. It wasn't clear. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The um, voice is all that matters. It was Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and then me and yours that, truly. That was wild. A lot, of, a lot of people probably saw that. Yeah, and we're like, "Who the fuck is that loudmouth?" Did they ID you at a Chiron? No, I don't even think it. No, there was no ID. I would have ripped NBC for that too if I would have. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> they showed Taylor Swift seventeen. Point. They showed Taylor Swift seventeen times. Chris Collinsworth made Zach Wilson out to be Tom Brady, and then they didn't Chiron sell. What a disaster <laughs> from start to finish. Uh, the funniest tremendous. thing was the funniest thing was Sunday afternoon. I'm starting to think about like who am I going to get on the podcast this week, and I see it's just Chiefs on Sunday night, NBC, blah blah blah. I'm like, you know what? I should get Tariko on because I like Tariko a lot. I think he does a good job, right. and I haven't had him on in a while. And then we could, you know, oh, how was Jets Chiefs? Preview the next game. And then I watched the telecast, and obviously I had some opinions on the telecast, and then I wrote about him on Monday. And a lot of people saw that column on Monday. I said, I don't think I can ask Tariko. I used to, the the producer, executive producer maybe for Sunday Night Football, started following me. Monday oh, night after shit. that. Well, the, oh, 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 well, no, but there was a, no, he didn't get yourself in trouble. Well, yes. He didn't. He didn't send me a tweet. He didn't send me an email. He didn't. Send me, he didn't send. He just started following me on Twitter. No, but he let you know he's watching. Now he's watching. I let them know I was watching. I wish some, I wish I would have known while I was watching that Zach Wilson gave us one of the greatest performances in the history of the NFL. He's got 18 points and had a fumble that caused his team the game. I couldn't agree more. I thought the column was perfect. I loved it. Oh, my God. That was great. <laughs> but when he started following me, I got like an alert. And I'm like, all right, is, the, is a tweet coming? Is a DM coming? You know, yeah. nothing happens. So, you know. Such is life in the media game. You should be aggressive and say, "Hey, how the fuck you didn't? Uh, how come you didn't, you know, billboard my buddy uh, in the well, open there?" I wish I would. Yeah, I wish I would have. No, can you use a clean video of Sal and Chiron him for Christ's sake? <laughs> all right, Sal. Um, are you going to watch uh, football I, this Sunday, or are we house hunting? No, I told my wife I need a two week break after that one. I need two weeks off. <laughs> Two, so weeks. I'm gonna, two weeks. I don't even want to think about looking for houses for two weeks. That's it. You had last you, Sunday. No more. How about this? So you're going to be locked in Sunday. And you know, there's only six one o'clock games. I already looked at this. And the games nice. we'll are all terrible. The games are terrible. It's Dolphins locally. Well, let me go through it with you. I'll go through it with you quick. So Jaguars bills at 930 Sunday. So that's a good way to get the day started. Bills will kill them. But oh, whatever. Okay. All right. Giants, Dolphins. Uh, that to me, that's not a good game. But for you, that's a that's a huge game because yeah. you do New York. Radio. Now it's still the Giants have they're irrelevant yeah. now almost. So Saints Patriots score is going to be nine three. Ravens Steelers. Will okay. the Steelers ever score a point? Who knows? Panthers Lions. Mm, okay. Your Falcons against the Texans. Right. The Texans are a surprise. The Texans are like the they surprise well. team. Yeah. And then a game I can't watch, Titans-Colts. Uh, even that game, I mean. Those games Colts. are all pigs. Yeah, I don't know. They're not that bad. What do we got at 4 o'clock? Jets, The Broncos, 4 o'clock is not better. You have Bengals-Cardinals. Nah, out on that. Eagles-Rams. 
Okay. Chiefs, Vikings. This means the Chiefs, whatever. And the completely unwatchable Jets and Broncos. That that's to me the only game, and it was the Sunday night game. Oh, the Sunday night game is the best game, game right? the best game of the season. Cowboys, like Cowboys Niners. Niners so far, yeah, monster. That's the monster. whole. You could if you're an NFL fan, like you screwed up. This is the week you should have looked at the houses, <laughs> because there's not one game on Sunday you have to watch except for the Sunday night game, which is the Cowboys and the Niners. No, remember the Jets and Giants for me, which is why last week was okay because both of them were Sunday right, and Monday night. You got to take your ego out of this. Outside of you, the Jets Broncos is a horrific game. No, I get it, but you're saying I should have gone this weekend. Last oh, right, weekend right, 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 right. Like this right. weekend is actually perfect for me. I could watch all the games and then boom, or even just Jets, uh, you know, Giants at one, Jets at four, boom, Sunday night football. This is a perfect. This is a perfect Sunday. I'm yeah, looking forward a, to this one. It's a perfect Sunday, but you have the worst games of the season so far. That's all. Well, look, you could bet on anything. It doesn't matter. Oh, and, and and I will. You're right. It starts starts in London at nine thirty. So there we go. What are the Bills? Minus five and a half. That's how about the Dolphins giving 11 points to the Jets uh, to the Giants? Yeah, I mean, are you surprised the Giants can't? They, they've stunk. Who do you let's wrap it up with this? So, Sunday night, NBC, I think we'll get a better title. Cast. Yeah, I have, I have faith. I'm looking forward to Tariko. He's great. I, I apologize to NBC if I was harsh, but Tariko, Sunday night, I'm looking forward to him. Niners minus three and a half against Dallas. What do you like if you're placing a wager? I'd probably go Dallas. Take the three. I think I could I could see that defense keeping it close and causing some turnovers with Purdy. I think the Niners are the better team, but I don't know. I would take the three and a half points there. Probably. All right. Well, good luck. All right. You too. We'll see you next week. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. All right. My thanks to Brian Curtis and Sal Licata. If you've missed any recent episodes of SI Media with Jimmy Chana, check them out in the archives. Andrew Marchand from the New York Post was on last week. Kevin Clark of ESPN two weeks ago. Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. Julian Edelman, now of Fox, have all been on the pod in recent weeks. So give those a listen. Subscribe to the pod. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are on the podcast next week together. And uh, that wraps it up. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. 
You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.